I am pretty amused that I haven't recorded a podcast episode in more than a month. And then I've been planning to do this victimhood podcast episode for many days. And then the universe literally just blocked me (laughs) because I've had workers at my house working on some yard stuff. And yesterday they were like drilling holes in the wall and I couldn't record. And that's how I know I just need to wait. Like the universe will show you when it's time. It'll, the universe either blocks you or shows you the way. And we just have to go with that flow and take the hints and see the signs. So I've been sitting on this episode for a few days, but obviously it helps me gather my thoughts a little more. So this episode, I am not going to be talking about abuse, like sexual abuse with victimhood because that's a whole other topic it's a very 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 sensitive topic and with actual abuse of course there's a victim of course there's a perpetrator of course but this episode I am going to be talking about victimhood in a different way I am going to be addressing how our ego our mind makes victimhood stories every single day and how wanting to be a victim and being a victim is the story of the ego is the ego's voice it's fuel for the ego and that doesn't mean i'm i'm saying that it's bad and that i'm calling it calling it out as bad i'm calling it out because if we are steeped in victimhood that is creating our life And when we are steeped in victimhood, it keeps us in comfort. We don't grow. We don't take responsibility. And so it's just an awareness. We want to become aware of when we are playing a victim so that we have the conscious choice and the awareness to stop being a victim if we want and to step into growth and to live more from our soul and not from our ego. I'm I'm not calling this good and bad, I'm saying this is all to raise more awareness so that you can consciously choose growth in your life. If that's what you desire, you might desire more comfort. (laughs) And with comfort, we don't grow. And that's fine. That's not bad. But this is how we create our life. This is how our choices create our life. So this episode is not going to be addressing actual abuse. And there will be probably something in this podcast that will trigger you. I am going to cover a few different topics within this victimhood. And it will probably trigger you. And I'm just giving, giving you this warning so that you can be aware of when this trigger comes up in your body and how it feels. And then you could lean into it with curiosity. You can ask yourself, okay, why, why am I getting triggered over this? What is this in me? Because a trigger is a flashlight on something within you. And I, this is what I'll, I'm going to be talking about. Is when we're triggered, we become a victim. Because someone triggered us and they're the perpetrator, they're the villain. We are a victim to the person that triggered us. So every time we have a trigger a lot of us take on victimhood. They triggered us. We are a victim. And this is what I'm going to talk about. 
So within us, we have the ego, the mind, and the soul. Victimhood is our ego. It's our mind. The soul, when we are in tune with our soul, with the Holy Spirit, with God, it is never a victim. It takes responsibility for everything. There's a huge difference between the voice of the soul and the voice of the ego. The ego is always steeped in victimhood. Poor me, poor me. The victimhood is, it's you, not me. I don't have to change, you have to change. You did this to me. It's blaming, it's you have to change, you're the villain, you're the perpetrator, this is all you, this is not me. That's victimhood. Victimhood is also a powerlessness, that you have no control or power over your situation, and someone is doing this to you, and you can't change it, and there's nothing you can do. And a lot of times, you need someone to save you, you need a savior. Now compare that to the sovereignty of the soul. The soul takes responsibility and says, I am my own savior. I can change my circumstances. Where is my 50% in this situation? It rises up and wants to take responsibility. It looks at a situation and says, how is this happening for my growth? How is this situation happening for my benefit? In victimhood, It is steeped in, poor me, why is this happening to me? God, why are you doing this to me? That is victimhood. When you are in victimhood, you stay small and stagnant. You do not grow because you never take responsibility. It's never your fault. It's always someone else's fault. But when you are in your soul, when you are aligned when you are hearing the voice of God, of the Holy Spirit, of your divine essence, you face your shit and you take responsibility for your 50%. In victimhood, you are essentially always pointing the finger towards someone else. But when you're in your sovereignty, when you are empowered, you are basically always pointing the finger to yourself and saying, what was my role? Where can I take more accountability and responsibility? The victim never, ever, ever wants to take responsibility. Okay, so why does the ego love victimhood? The whole point of when the ego does something is that it benefits in some way or it's gaining something in one way. So there's no black and white answers for this, by the way. This is, this is not 100% fact. This is not 100% truth. This is just my perspective. And this is what I have experienced with the ego, with victimhood. I've been studying this for many, many years. So anything I say, if it lands on you and it helps you, awesome. But if it triggers you, awesome. Look at it. But when I'm about to say, The ego always does something because it gains something. You might have your own answer of what your ego is gaining. So in my opinion, why does the ego love victimhood? Many reasons. But in my opinion, the most common is that the ego gains attention. The ego gains sympathy. The ego 
escapes responsibility. It doesn't have to change. It could just stay in its comfort. It could just keep doing its same habits. It never has to change. It never has to take accountability. But I think the ego loves victimhood because it does gain some type of love or attention by saying, poor me, look at my struggle. Why God is, look what God's doing to me. When you have this script, it is the ego wanting attention. And I think it goes back to childhood. In childhood, for example, when we had an older sibling that was bullying, you know, picking on a younger sibling, who got the, who got the love in that situation? The victim. The victim gets the love and the attention. And so when we are a victim in childhood, like our older sibling is picking on us or punches us, and we're like, yeah, they punched us. We got love for being the victim. We got that attention. We were seen. We were heard. So if we learn that in childhood, we often take that into adulthood. So in adulthood, we might, we might want unconsciously, unconsciously, we might want a disease because we are a victim to the disease and we get attention from doctors, from family members. When I was a child, I was the middle of six children. I was constantly sick because of many reasons, but emotionally, I knew I could be seen and heard. I could be loved on and cared for and nurtured when I was sick. So as a child, I loved being a victim to my sick body. I loved being a victim in this, always having earaches and strep throat because I got one-on-one time with my mom or dad. I got love. I got attention for being a little sick child. And I truly believe in some adult sickness, disease situations, that is true. Because when you talk to medical professionals that have left medicine, they leave medicine because they realize that they are powerless. This is not all people that leave medicine, but some that I have talked to, they have left medicine because they have realized that they actually don't have power and control over someone else, that they are telling someone with a sickness, hey, you need to do this to get better. You need to change this habit. You need to change your diet. And they don't. They don't want to because they identify with this disease label and they like the victimhood of sickness, of disease because they get nurtured they get love they get attention it's not true love obviously but it's sometimes what we've learned in childhood what love is so in childhood if we learned that victimhood gets us the reward of attention the ego will want and choose pain like through disease just so it could get the reward of attention The ego does everything for a benefit. The ego will not do anything if it's not benefiting. So disease or sickness, a lot of times, you get the benefit of attention 
or love. I don't know if it's actual love, but you get this, you're seen and you're cared for. And that makes sense. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm saying it's understandable, especially if you look at at your childhood and you get a lot of attention when you are a victim. And so this is just how our brain is wired and programmed. And then of course we do it as an adult. Of course, it makes sense. So now I'm going to talk about the victimhood of infertility because this is a topic I'm so fiery and passionate about because the victimhood of infertility is so normalized in our society they encourage the victimhood of infertility we are encouraged to dance around people's infertility triggers so my question is to you is, is it your job to dance around people's triggers? Is it your job to dance around everyone's potential triggers? As a whole, is that our job? Is that our job? When I'm posting stuff to my Instagram stories, is it my job to self-censor whatever I post in case it triggers someone? No. That's not our job. So why is it our job to not post a April Fool's pregnancy joke in case it triggers people with infertility? And I am saying this as someone that has not gotten pregnant for years. For years, This has been my path. I was steeped in victimhood for the first year or two. I did. I identified with victimhood for the first year or two of not getting pregnant I was steeped in poor me poor me everyone should feel bad for me God why are you doing this to me God why is this my struggle why are you giving me this struggle that is victimhood you are a victim to your broken body your body is not broken my body is not broken My body is amazing. My body is always communicating with something to me. So if your body's not getting pregnant, maybe it's signaling something bigger is going on with your body. Maybe your thyroid is really messed up. And you know what you need in pregnancy for really healthy pregnancy? A healthy thyroid. This is a topic that is very triggering for people in infertility when they are steeped in victimhood. Because in our society, we are told over and over and over again to dance around people's infertility triggers. And if it's not our job to dance around everyone's triggers in life, why do we have to dance around people's infertility triggers? I don't subscribe to that. If they have triggers, that is their stuff inside them. That's exactly what I lived through for the first year or two where I was in victimhood. That's because I was not asking the right question of what if this is for my benefit? What if this is for me? Instead, I was so focused on why is this happening to me? And this is against me. And I'm a victim to God and God is doing this to me. It was for me. It is for me. 
for me, I realized that in victimhood, in infertility, by the way, I do not call myself infertile because I have all the fertility signs. My body is just not ready or my baby spirit is not ready. I am not infertile and I do not subscribe to that label. And I would warn people against subscribing to that label because when you take on the label of infertile, then you are a victim to your body. And who do you need to save you? Western medicine. You need to go to Western medicine and take their hormones and do IVF because you need them to save you from your broken body. You can subscribe to that. I don't, and I've chosen not to because I am out of victimhood. And because I'm out of victimhood, I think April Fool's pregnancy jokes are funny, are delightful. But you know when I didn't think they were delightful? When I was in victimhood. That was my own shit. That was my own trigger. That's stuff in me. It's not other people's job to dance around our potential triggers. That's not the job we have for each other. We have to take accountability for our own triggers. So when I was identifying as a victim to my infertility many years ago, I was very focused on one thing. I was focused on the one thing I did not have in my life. And when you sit there focusing on the one thing you don't have, that determines your quality of life. I was not happy. Because I was focused on lack. I was focused on the one thing I didn't have. Then I finally got the hint that I need to start focusing on everything I have. Everything that's going well. My body is working for me every single day. Every single minute my heart is pumping. It's beating. So much is working for me and supporting me every single day. And I had to start looking at everything I had instead of everything I did not have. Because the truth of what I saw is that my friends with children, just because they had a child, did not that did not make them happy. And I really, really thought having a child would lead me to this ultimate happiness and bliss. That thank God, thank God I, that didn't happen. Thank God that did not happen because my future child is not signing up. They, children, do not sign up to come to earth to fulfill your happiness. That's not why they come to earth. And you know how selfish that is? That is not their role. Their role is not to fulfill your happiness tank to 100%. Because you know what? They will fail. And when they fail they will be blamed for it when they didn't even sign up to come to earth for that reason anyways. It's so sad. It's so selfish. That's truly why I wanted a child many years ago is because I was looking for more happiness, more bliss. And thank God I didn't get a child because my child would have failed at that role and then I would have blamed my child. So this has been the most amazing journey for me. I have learned. I am so thankful for this journey. Like I wouldn't choose another path. 
I would not choose another story. I would not choose another path because I have learned that I was wanting a child for my external happiness. I learned that I was steeped in victimhood and I was looking at my situation as poor me and why is God doing this to me? And then finally, I was able to switch it to how is this happening for me? How is this happening for my growth and for my benefit? And since then, my entire world has opened up and I have never been more happy. I have never been more content and peaceful. And it's because I look at everything that I have. I am so insanely blessed. My life is so insanely easy. And I recognize that now. And my path has led me to my intuition. So not getting pregnant has led me back to connecting to my body. This has been my journey. And I personally think the body uses infertility, miscarriage, childbirth, postpartum, parenthood to lead us back to connecting with our intuition and our body, the voice of our womb. It tries to lead us back to that voice because that is the voice of truth. That is the voice of peace. That is our true ultimate wisdom and infertility. I don't call it that. But this path for me has led me back to my intuition, to the connection to the voice of my body. So now I've been healing my body because I know my body was saying, hey, I'm not strong enough to create a baby. You need to help me. Bring me more nutrients. Bring me more minerals. Uh, Figure out my thyroid. Figure out the hormones. Figure out your gut because it all affects fertility. So I have gained so much. And this is why I'm trying. I'm I'm kind of going on a tangent right here, but I am so passionate about the victimhood of infertility because in our society, it's normalized. It's, it's poor me. I need to go to science to save me from my broken body. And it's like, no, your body is so insanely wise. Your body is communicating something to you. And it's different for everyone. But, me, but my body was communicating that it's not safe and it's not ready to create a baby. It needs more calories. It needs, it needs more nutrients. It needs its thyroid in a better condition because for a really healthy pregnancy, your thyroid is so important. And the main thing is because I'm not in victimhood anymore, I am not triggered by stuff on social media. Like someone announces their pregnancy. I'm not triggered by that stuff anymore because I, look, I have healed that stuff in me. When I was in victimhood, I would get triggered by pregnant bellies and newborns. And, and I was like, why not me? Why not me? But that has changed because I have changed. That has changed because I have dealt with those triggers. I moved from victimhood to empowering, to empowerment. So now I am going to talk about social media and victimhood because this is a constant <laughs> daily scenario from the ego is we're on social media, we're scrolling and someone posts something we don't agree with and we get triggered. What happens in that moment is that we become a victim and they're the perpetrator, they're the villain. And we say, 
in our head, you know, like we're not, we're not necessarily communicating to the person that triggered us, but the feelings that are going on in our body. And if we have really high level of awareness and we're emotionally attuned to our body, we are connected to our body and our feelings and what our ego is saying and doing in the moment. What happens is that we are a victim to the person that posted something that triggered us. And a lot of people do message and say, hey, this triggered me, blah, blah. And that has happened to me so many times. <laughs> and I've had to turn off my Instagram stories message, um, the message box, because I had to stop people from projecting the triggers onto me. Because they are a victim to the stuff I post on my stories. They're a victim to it. And then they point their finger at me and message me and say, hey, I'm triggered by this, blah, 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 blah. It's not my job to dance around people's triggers. If I did, I would be so insanely self-censored. I could not talk about anything purposeful or meaningful on Instagram. If I danced around every single person's triggers, I couldn't talk about anything. I would censor myself so much. I wouldn't even need the Instagram censor lords to censor me because I would be censoring myself to be like, oh, this might trigger someone. I'm not going to post that. This might trigger someone. I'm not going to post that. That's not my job. The job is when you get triggered, you lean into it and ask, what is it in me that is triggered by this? It's a flashlight. Look into it. This is healing. It's amazing. So what happens when someone posts something that we don't like and we get triggered by it, we blame them. We blame them and we might unfollow them for posting that. Which means we're we're not taking responsibility for why that triggered us. We're just blaming them and saying, hey, you know, in our head, we're basically saying, you need to censor your content to not trigger me because I don't like the way this trigger feels in me. Well, if you actually looked at that trigger and addressed it, you could heal that and you could have a more peaceful life instead of just pointing the finger and and saying, not saying to them, although people do do that. People have messaged me and said, hey, this triggered me, blah, blah, blah. And it's not, that's so insane to me. Because it's not my job to heal your trigger. If you are triggered by something on social media, look at it. Look at it. It is a flashlight to something deeper in you. It has nothing to do with the person that posted it. They are actually the master that's showing you your way to healing. It's amazing. It's beautiful. But instead, we have these egos that become a victim and say, point the finger and say, hey, you did this to me. You need to change your content because it triggered me. I'm the victim. I'm the victim to your content. This is victimhood. This is ego. And we do this every single day on social media. All of us do it on social media. I would guarantee, okay, I'm very, I'm always like all, everything, always. But I stand by that our egos do that every day on social media. Because that's what our egos do. And it's not bad. It's not bad. It's just if you have awareness, 
you can sit with your ego and look at it. It's a healing opportunity. It's amazing. It's amazing. That's how I use Instagram. Honestly, that's how I use Instagram. Anytime something triggers me, not every time, I don't deep dive into it every time, but I'm very aware of anytime something triggers me. And I'm very aware of it. And I know it's not them. It's me. It's me and my judgment. It's me and my trigger. So one simple example I'm going to give is in this you know, COVID pandemic era. I've talked about this on a previous podcast, but it's a good example. The people that make science their God trigger me because God is my God. God is my authority. Science is not my authority. So people very, very different than me trigger me. Obviously, that's very common. That's not bad. It's just what is. So people that make science their God trigger me on social media. And so one day I'm like, okay, I'm going to look at this trigger. And it's because they are very different than me that I judge them. Of course, I'm purely criticizing them and judging them. But when I really looked at it, I realized that they are the same as me, that they just want to believe in something bigger than themselves. They just want to believe in something beyond themselves. And for them, that's science. And for me, it's God. So we're actually one and the same. It's just our authority is different. There's a science and mine is God, but ultimately we are the same. And so now I can see that and it doesn't, it, it still like rubs me the wrong way, but it doesn't irritate me, like trigger me really deeply. And it's because I looked at it. I looked what is in me. So speaking of the pandemic, let's talk about how victimhood has played out in the pandemic from a really small example. Say you're in the store and you are not wearing a mask and other people are wearing a mask and someone wearing a mask yells at you and says, you need to be wearing a mask. And they get really angry because you're not wearing a mask. They are playing a victim to you. You are the villain. You are the perpetrator that is affecting them, that is doing something to them. And they are victimized by you not wearing a mask. So is it your job to wear a mask so they don't get triggered? No, of course not. It's their trigger within them. It's their fear within them. It's not our job to wear a mask so all these people don't get triggered. That's their own trigger. That's within them. It has nothing to do with us. It truly doesn't. I do think it's very important to note that I'm not asking you to go into toxic positivity and to always go straight to the gratitude and like that's, that's not reality. You will feel a victim. You will want to steep into victimhood. That's what the ego does. That's the function of it. It's not bad. It's just what is. And so I think it's very important to note that you can't bypass feeling the victim. It's a natural function of the ego. You will feel the victim. You will want to steep in victimhood. And that's fine. 
I think it's very important to acknowledge that and face it. Because if you don't, you're not honoring how you really feel. If you really feel victimized by someone, face it. Don't run from it. Don't put a little band-aid of positivity over it. Face it. That's what you really feel in the moment. Honor it. Love it. Face it. You have to honor everything that comes up in your body, in your feelings, in your ego. It's not about bypassing it. But this is where, this is, this is the whole point is there is a moment where you attach to the victimhood too long, where you attach to the label or you hold on to being the victim because you're gaining attention, you're gaining love. It's, it, you're escaping responsibility. And so to me, it's a time limit. So if I feel a victim to someone, I'm okay feeling the victim to someone, but I'm not going to hold on to it so tight and attached to it for too long that that keeps me stagnant and small and not taking responsibility. So it's important to honor when you feel a victim and process it. That's so important. Process it. Really feel it. It's okay to feel a victim. Honor it. I'm not saying it's bad. It's so important to address it and honor it. Because when you do, you will let go of it faster. It's all about holding on to it too long, too tight, identifying with it, attaching with it. So I asked my friends some examples of when they played the victim. And a few of my friends said that they, they blamed their parents for their childhood maybe just a little too long. So addressing your childhood is very, is very important. You know, if, if your parent did do something to you as a child, small or big, whatever, honoring that and identifying it is a huge part of the healing process. But if you don't move on from that, you will never take responsibility for who you are, who are who you currently are. You will say, hey, I'm just made this way. My childhood taught me to lash out at everybody and that's just the way I am. I'm not ever going to change because my parents showed me how to lash out. I lash out. That's how I am. It is what it is. And when you are a victim to your childhood or your parents and you attach to it too long, you don't take responsibility and say, hey, I'm an adult now. Those things really did happen to me as a child, as a child. And I have faced it and I have forgiven my parents. And now I'm ready to release that victimhood because now I get to choose my habits. I get to choose how I communicate. I get to choose who I am. I am not a victim to my childhood. I am not a victim to my parents, but we like to play the victim because then we never have to change. We could just have toxic habits and say, nah, 
I was made this way. So the whole point of the healing process of facing your stuff is that you honor when you were a victim or when you did feel victimized. But the important part is that you can learn to let go and release it. Stop attaching to that victimhood so that you can grow and change. That's the whole point is that if you can get out of victimhood, you can take responsibility, you can change your life, you can change your communication tactics, you can change anything. In victimhood, you don't change anything because everything is everyone else's fault. But when you let go of victimhood, you face your 50%. You are honest with what you did wrong or what you could have done better And then you do want to be better and you try better the next day and the next day. So when the ego wants to stay in the blaming your parents, your childhood phase, the ego is gaining the comfort of not changing because the ego is always gaining something. Because what's so hard for the ego is copying to shit, is taking responsibility The ego doesn't want to do that because then you feel shame. And the ego never wants to feel shame. But facing those true, 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 true feelings is how we heal. That's how we heal. That is the work. So another really common way we are a victim in our everyday life is from our children or our spouse. Where, say, they were rude to us. Their rudeness then makes us angry. And they made us feel this way. They're the perpetrator. We're the victim. They made us feel this way. No. That's not how it works. We let people affect our emotional state. That's the truth. And this is what happens to us almost on a daily basis. Is that we are a victim to our child's emotions or our spouse's emotions or their behaviors. We blame them for how we feel. That's not okay. That is victimhood. But if we can face it, then we can move on from it. And we can address it and be aware of it a little better every day. But this is a very, very, very common thing that happens every single day and we're not even aware is we blame others for our emotional state. But what are we in control of? Our emotional state. (laughs) But the ego doesn't want to take responsibility for that. It doesn't. But when we do take responsibility, we get to choose how we act. We get to choose perspectives. So then we get to choose new experiences. Wayne Dyer, one of my favorite gurus, says, when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Which means our perspective is everything. Our mind, our perspective is everything. Victimhood is poor me. Why is God doing this to me? 
and empowerment, like survivor mentality, is how is this happening for my benefit? How is this helping me grow? Everything is perspective. And it's normal and natural for our ego, for our mind, to always go straight to victimhood. But then we have the choice to move on from it or not. We can sit in it, we can steep in it, we can simmer in victimhood, or we can step out. This is awareness. If you are not aware, you will spend your whole life blaming everyone for everything. So the last piece of this, I could talk about this forever, but I'm going to try to wrap it up soon. The last piece of this is that with victimhood, there's usually a saviorism part where if you're a victim, you are waiting for someone to come and save you from something. So in our society with women that are pregnant or in labor, we look at a woman that's in labor as a victim to her pain or a victim to her body or her baby because she needs to be saved by a doctor. She needs to be saved by pain medicine. She needs to be saved by something outside of her. And that is not true. That is not how it is. Only she can save herself. And she doesn't even need saving. She doesn't need saving. She's not a victim. But our society creates this victim story to create the savior role so that we need the savior. Because with hospitals, Western medicine, doctors, with childbirth, the savior makes money. That's how they make money. If women aren't a victim, they don't need saving, and then we don't pay hospitals. (laughs) That's the truth. If women didn't need saving, and they had their babies at home, and they were in their power, and if, if they were in their sovereignty, we wouldn't need the hospital. We wouldn't, okay, for the 1% rare occasion, of course, which is why it should be there for the rare occasion. But if, if women didn't need saving, if women weren't a victim to her baby, the hospitals wouldn't make money. They make money from this victimhood story. Same with the pandemic. We have a broken immune system this is, the, this is the story society sells us. Our immune system is broken. We are a victim to our body. And we need Western medicine to jab us with chemicals to save us. We need their saving. And, and they make money from that saving. What about a diseased body? A lot of chronic disease is reversible. But Western medicine says, hey, it's your genetics, your body is broken, and you need this pill to save you. They make money from that saving. They don't make money if you reversed your disease. I truly believe Western medicine was created with this victim saviorism storyline so that they make money because you cannot trust your body your, your body is stupid and broken. You cannot trust your immune system. 
You cannot trust your body to birth its own baby. You need them. And when you need them, you pay them. And that's how they make money. Once you see it, I just don't think you can unsee it. And the last part of this that probably won't land well on some of you guys is that I view religion in the victimhood saviorism also because, and I think it's a construct of the ego. So I think these parts, this whole thing in the Bible about heaven and hell is an ego construct because when you are a victim to the devil, then you need Jesus to save you. And that's how churches maintained power. So it's just like churches are like Western medicine. They maintained power by, by, by saving you. You need them to save you. That's, I, I just can't unsee that once, once you look at victimhood and saviorism because the, the true truth, my truth, okay, my truth, I, I, this is probably not your truth. My truth is that churches don't maintain power if you know you save yourself. You save yourself by taking responsibility for yourself. You stop blaming others. You look at your own triggers. That's saving yourself. Is you take responsibility for your life, for your triggers, for your actions. You don't need the church when you do that. They don't maintain power if you just save yourself. The same is true with Western medicine. If you trust your immune system, if you take care of your body and you listen to your body, and you are in connection with your body, you don't need a doctor to tell you what's going on with your body. They don't have power then. Same with childbirth. If you trust that your body can grow a baby and birth a baby, you don't need them anymore. So if you don't need them, you save yourself. You trust your own body and you are saving yourself it's not even saving yourself because you're not even a victim, but it's, it's that you trust your body. You trust your immune system. You trust your body in giving birth. You trust nature. You trust the amazing wisdom, the amazing design of the human body. So look at what industries would fall if you don't play into the victimhood saviorism story. So to wrap it up, Today, after listening to this, just observe your ego. Watch any time you get triggered and when you want to blame someone for making you feel a certain way, how blaming them allows you to just escape responsibility. It's so easy. It's so easy to blame someone. That's the easy route. The hard route is taking responsibility and saying, what was my role? What was my role? What is this trigger? What is this in me that created this flood of emotion? This person I'm blaming is just helping me uncover this trigger and this healing even more. It's a beautiful design. Lean into it. Lean into it with curiosity. Curiosity. 